Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Today, we dive neck deep into the altcoin market. Our guests provide some of their personal portfolio spotlight projects, as well as strategies they employ in building and reducing positions. We look at technical and fundamental cues to hint at when a project is ripe for a breakout, as well as telltale signs that the ride is over and a new market cycle should be awaited. This show will provide deep insights into how OGs like Bagsy and SoCal approach altcoins and manage their positions throughout the latest altcoin flurry. You and your bags will not want to miss today's alt-happy episode of The Nest Show. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the ride. What The Nest Show is, this is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining today's episode of The Nest Show. And today's a very exciting topic. We're going to be talking all things altcoins for 2020 and how this market could see continued expansion. Uh, today, we're joined by special guest SoCal. SoCal got into crypto at the end of 2013, although he didn't join crypto Twitter for another seven months or so. SoCal has helped pioneer spec mining along with others like Not So Fast and continues to mine and train BTC and altcoins today, along with being a founding member of CoinHQ. Bagsy is a full-time crypto trader and analyst and earned his first BTC back in 2014 from an online business and from there pivoted to this arena in 2017. Guys, thank you so much for being here. SoCal, how you doing? Ah, pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Right on. How about you, Bagsy? Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. And additionally, we are joined by our esteemed co-host, Sponge. Sponge, what's up? How you doing, man? Doing very well, thank you. And what about you, Burb, the one and only... Verb, Adrian, what's what's good, man? Yeah, I'll do it. I'm doing great. Thanks. Right on. So we'll get into it pretty fast here because we do have a lot to cover. Uh, the altcoin market has seen a dramatic uptick and has generated renewed interest from uh, the mass media. Uh, meanwhile, we've all watched bags bleed over the past uh, many months, and, and it's great to see some life breathe back into the markets. Sponge, you had some preliminary questions that you wanted to address uh, for uh, the you know altcoin market. Um, what would you like to uh, ask first to uh, to some of our guests here? Um, I'd probably start with the most basic question, which would be why would altcoins run at all this year? You know, assuming Bitcoin has a bull run, what would then be the catalyst for altcoins to follow suit? Or if we don't have a bull run, you know, are we still going to see see any alt runs this year? Well, in, in my experience, the knock-on effect is very much a thing in the altcoin markets. And what I mean by that is that whenever uh, Bitcoin has a huge run, yes, the normally the first reaction of alts is to kind of like knee-jerk dump as people try to, uh, try to cash out that BTC, you know, that, that's pumping. But uh, once the BTC pump starts to lose steam... All that money 
goes looking uh, normally again not always but normally uh, a good portion of that that money goes looking for new profits which if bitcoin's already pumped and now it's stalling out the only other uh, opportunities for profit in the short time frame would be altcoins so uh, there does tend to be you know that knock on effect of whenever bitcoin pumps uh, eventually altcoins tend to pump as well as you know uh, that that profit from uh, BTC spills out and uh, as other traders are looking for other profit opportunities. Uh, we've seen that happen many, many times before, and it's going to continue to happen. I mean, markets are all about cycles, and that's really kind of like the biggest advantage uh, the older traders have is that they've seen all these market cycles play out before already in crypto. So we're pretty prepared, or, or I, however you want to say it, uh, for, for it to happen again. We're more likely to uh, you know, see the cycle occurring again and recognize it for what it is and then take appropriate actions. All right, that's a great answer. Bagsy? I can't add much to uh, what he said. And I think the biggest... Um, thing to take from that is just cycles. People are cyclical beyond markets, um, like seasons. Everything is everything is a full circle. So like SoCal said, I mean, people want to maximize their dollar. So how do you do that? You ride a trend and then you hop on the trend that, that looks the, the, the most prime for reversal and it just keeps on going. So yes, the people who have spent the most time looking at charts and being active participants will have the best chance at making money because A, they they know that everything will eventually not come to an end in the doomsday, but every cycle has its reversal. And the more comfortable you become at hopping through and throughout, um, the better you are. So uh, experience pays. And uh, I couldn't agree more with SoCal. Absolutely true. And um, there's always, there's always obviously outliers with altcoins. Uh, you've seen stuff like Link or XTZ, um, potentially Algo, which looks like it might be running at the moment. Um, I mean, do you think outside of obviously those those outliers, do we think we can have a major alt season this year if Bitcoin doesn't break uh, the 20K top? Well, in, in my experience, those outliers are actually normally the catalyst for an alt season because normally you have your one or two altcoins that just go on a relative to the rest of the, the market cycle at the time, just go on a mega run. And that just kind of pulls up the rest of the altcoins with them. Again, like I said, that knock-on effect, everybody going, holy crap, look at these coins rushed out. So A, you have people taking profit from the altcoin, oh, the one or two that are mooning at the time, and, you know, people taking profit and putting it in other coins, looking for other opportunities. And then you also have people who have missed out on that run who are now looking for the next coin to do it. So uh, normally, again, normally... Uh, Altcoin season is normally the, uh, started by one or two mega pumps on, on one or two coins, and it just kind of sets everything uh, else off. So that's what I'm kind of hoping that this XTZ and Link run is is the uh, the you know the beginning of the uh, startup for alt season. But we'll see. So something I'd like to add also is Ethereum, and we're seeing the Ethereum BTC pair break out of a. A high time frame resistance, which means it's starting to look very, very bullish. And Ethereum has always been a good market for altcoins in general. So I, I think it'd be important to note that um, Ethereum has a big, big hand in that. And so far, it's looking good. Yeah, Burp, why don't uh, 
You chime in on this. We have seen a good deal from Ethereum and you know, a lot of talk about this being Ethereum's year, uh, especially as so many uh, so many projects are built on it as a platform or, or really starting to bear fruit. What do you see coming from the uh, Ethereum space and, and all the uh, projects that have been built on it, especially in uh, decentralized finance and, and other prolific sectors? Yeah, sure. So uh, on top of what's already been mentioned, you know, from, from Banksy and SoCal, uh, so cool. I think um, from the from the purely let's say fundamental part, I think it is crucial to mention that uh, we are just started. We, we have just started to accelerate, as a matter of fact, right? So we are in the early recovery phase of the multi-year uh, bear, bear market, pretty much like for altcoins, right? So what I technically noticed the other day for for the Bitcoin to altcoin relation. Um, from the technical part point of view, is that altcoins are mainly lagging behind Bitcoin, right? So I totally agree on that. That Bitcoin is like the main leader that goes without saying. This is like obvious. Yet still, with regard to uh, to potential all time high uh, being broken this year, uh, from again from the technical point of view, um, every every halving, right, or halving, whatever, however we call that, every halving is strictly would bring all-time highs by by a big measure, right? Every that that kind of like brings brings that Bitcoin topic uh, to to everybody around the world all over again. Okay, this makes it another piece of a cycle. This makes it like of a hyper cycle of a like if you, if you go and watch in the chart, uh, you know the only actual way to see that to see the chart is to go and watch a logarithmic curve, right? Because this this Bitcoin like is so. Uh, like it's grown so much that it's not, <laughs> that it's not even possible to watch on linear chart in long perspective anymore. So that's that's kind of like funny. But um, usually, all time highs brings like this is very media, you know, favorite topic to 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 go and discuss as well, right? Because this is a huge news. This is a huge news. Just just look for for what Tesla did already recently, and. Um, I think this is this is a matter of time. This is a matter of time that Bitcoin would get fully back on mouth of of the you know all the media stations, all the newspapers, you know Financial Times and whatnot. Uh, this would kind of like you know um, accelerate another bubble to come. Okay, another another retracements. Like I call it a bubble because simply every Bitcoin cycle uh, is like it retraces every time hugely. Like and deeply, right? It retraces every every bull market by every uh, eighty to ninety percent. Like historically, from what I can remember, the very first retracement was like from thirty one bucks to uh, like one point ninety eight, which was probably like a, above ninety ninety two percent. So it's like a huge correction. It's like a huge retracement, full retracement. Every retracement is always about complete lack of complete complete lack of interest, and. Uh, after you know, after it's just kind of like getting out of the accumulation, it's just getting slowly and slowly uh, more and more you know put in media. Okay, that it's just I don't know uh, resurrecting just from the from the grave, and uh, this brings the topic again uh, about the altcoins, right? Because they like the the moment that the first altcoins like simply were were brought to life. Uh, these were like also be pieces to of 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 you know for for big media to to discuss right um all, all ICOs so i think this is yet to come 
in a very similar formula for this year or for the next, uh, for the for the year after. Um, like every cycle is different, right? History doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes, as we say. And uh, this only means that as much as we don't necessarily need to assume that the very same coins that pumped like you know times hundred or times ten or you know or similar, that they would need to perform like crazy this year too, because we evolve as a market, we evolve as a just simply we evolve for for the adoption. Okay, adoption is a fact. It's just going on and on. It's just happening more and more advanced. So it kind of like pushes us as a as a crypto industry to develop in like ourselves more and more. Like the challenges are growing bigger, and it uh, for the challenges growing bigger, we need to also face it in a bigger manner, right? So which means that projects built on um, you know the new projects coming, these will be. The greatest hit, I think, right? So, uh, in my honest opinion, like apart from because I, you know, we started talking about it from uh, from the Ethereum, I think there would be many more platforms to come that would completely give a big new start to big as massive rallies that we cannot even come up with just yet. That's obvious that Ethereum will be there. Okay, it will be there, but uh, the question is, what's yet to come that we don't know about? and how to search it. Like, don't you agree, guys, on it? Yeah, some great points there. And it's an interesting point, too, because though Ethereum, you know, uh, is flawed in many ways, the brain drain uh, in, in terms of just developer talent that has, it has attracted is is really significant. And the first mover advantage that it has in in smart contracts and, and uh, you know, writing on the Ethereum platform, uh, you know, can't be overstated i don't think so it's it is it is an interesting point that you know while it is flawed uh, and there will be you know no doubt you know next gen uh, solutions to uh address ethereum's flaws you know i, I do think that that 2020 is is going to be a, a great year for ethereum and and for you know uh, various uh projects that have been based on it but uh there's there's a lot of talk about um you know, Bitcoin dominance in the market and, you know, charting Bitcoin dominance and, and anticipating, you know, some altcoin cycles as capital flows from from the large caps, you know, into smaller caps and then, you know, still, you know, smaller, more uh, speculative plays in the micro cap market. Outside of, you know, Bitcoin dominance, what are some of the other market factors that you look at uh, for, you know, anticipating uh, market cycles in in altcoins, or you know, uh, anticipating capital flows. And Bagsy, why don't you uh, jump in on that? I'd say just volume, man. Uh, volume precedes price. If you want to have an idea, you know, without looking at dominance, let's say I've seen many traders use dominance successfully. Personally, I, I don't really look at it much. I probably should a bit more than I do. But volume, volume, volume. Like if you're gonna like, if we take Ethereum on the weekly right now or on the daily. You'll see what I'm talking about, and uh, really, it's to me the only valid metric to look at. Uh, like, are people actually getting in or not? And are we starting? Like, I also I'm a big fan of divergences in price action. Um, I use those uh, together, and uh, basically, if you're not the first in the door, wait for wait for that, and also look at. Um, like if your if your coin is on uh, the Ethereum blockchain, look at the top 100 holders, see if they're accumulating, distributing. What are they doing with their money? 
um, you could track it, especially if it's a, you know, a smaller project, you know, what are they doing? And that's, that'll give you a good indicator. What they are doing with their money, supposing that they still have some money from the holding for the entire boom market, right? No, no, exactly. Like I accumulated some altcoin on uh, Huobi uh, because I've noticed that their top 20 have been accumulating for the last two months. Um, I'm not going to mention which one it is, but use the the light, like blockchain. Oh, why not? It, share with share with us. <laughs> Maybe another time, but like use the blockchain to your advantage. You can trace what the richest people are doing and just follow them. Um, I think Nick Patel is he wrote uh, a book in regards to this, and he also wrote a um, a guide recently on how to how to track it. So take a look at that. Um, that that's pretty much that. Yeah, altcoin trade is hand. Yes, but uh, more more. I bought that book, but more particularly, he wrote like a free guide two weeks ago about you know how to do it. So I'm pretty sure it's updated. I was gonna say, yeah, ba uh, Bagsy pretty much hit it. You know, I I normally look at volume, price, action, uh, blockchain analytics such as rich lists and whatnot, see what they're doing, uh, and then also from uh, I don't want to say I particularly believe uh that fractals play out but uh going back to the whole being in the market long enough and just being able to identify the cycles that's also I, at least for me as an uh, a more experienced crypto trader that is something i i do utilize heavily is you know my previous experience uh obviously and that's not really something that anybody can just go learn or whatever i mean yeah, or or can just go use i mean anybody can learn through experience obviously but uh what i mean is like a, a new trader coming in obviously wouldn't be able to utilize their experience so i mean it's something you just gotta learn but uh as bagsy said you know price action volume uh, seeing what the rich lists are do uh, doing, you know, uh, the big uh, account holders for whatever you're looking at, uh, just uh, all sorts of little, little things that you, you can use uh, to help you kind of determine uh, the most likely uh, place the, the market's going to go, direction, you know, up or down, whatever. Guys, I have a, a question that I'd love to uh, kind of leverage, you know, some of your experience with. You know, crypto or uh, uh, Adrian uh, touched on it earlier where uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often does rhyme. You know, both of you have been trading in this market uh, for longer than most participants. And with some of the past cycles, are, are there any uh, strategies that you successfully used in the past, but then, you know, found that as the market evolved, uh, you know, we're kind of aged out of efficacy, you know, or, or are you pretty much trading, uh, the same way that, that you've been trading with, with refinements here and there. Bagsy, why don't we start with you on that? Yeah, sure. That's actually a really good question. Um, my strategy has changed a lot in the sense that this bear market really conditioned me to take profit at very reasonable targets. The drawback of this is that you'll typically miss out on larger moves. So in some sense, being greedy can be advantageous to you, but the, the real thing is discovering when that is. And right now, looking at all coins, I think now's the time to be greedier than most. Um, shoot me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've noticed that my 
my profit taking strategy has changed to a to a more swing style meaning i'm willing to trade for uh, hold a trade for a couple months now whereas in 2018 it would be a day or two max or i'd look to get in and out only being usdt and, and bitcoin and just take advantage of certain opportunities that i saw on the chart um so th- that's one big thing that changed and i think inverse bra is someone who's been advocating for the higher time frame at the moment meaning to really zoom out be patient with your entries and let the real run play out and i think he's right um so that's something i've been changing in my system right on what, what about you socal uh i've actually gone the other direction with it uh so to speak uh i've actually gone down to a, a some lower time frame trading uh Last cycle, I was uh, more in the okay, gonna buy, uh, gonna buy or mine and hold, wait for the top, sell the top. Uh, that's great and all, but that uh, very obviously has big risks of like you know not of missing the top, and now you're stuck with a bag. So uh, I've actually uh, gone and. Uh, adjusted uh, my strategy a bit from less long-term holding to more short-term uh, swing trading. Uh, I know Bagsy was saying swing as in months. Uh, for myself, my own personal definition is swing is, you know, a few days to a couple weeks of holding at most. Uh, but anyway, like I said, so I've actually uh, gone down on time frame a little bit, uh, not trading whole size positions on low time frames that's that's dumb but uh uh i am uh, trying to capitalize on these waves better these low lower time frame waves uh better than i did last cycle and as bagsy was saying that you know the the uh, danger of taking profit too early because you've been conditioned by the bear market to take 20% or whatever well first off i want to say Everybody uh, on crypto Twitter loves to to flex and say, "Oh, you didn't get a thousand percent. Fuck you." Blah blah blah. But here's the loser. <laughs> but but here's the thing, guys. Wait, so you're saying you didn't get thousand x? <laughs> uh, the, uh, in the, the my past few trades, no, I have not. But I've been happy because here's the thing. How I look at it is the average Wall Street uh, yearly return is plus twelve percent. So as long as yeah. I, as long or, or as not I, even that exactly. So as well, I I take twelve percent at the top end. So that's what my target is. So as long as each trade beats twelve percent, I'm happy. Uh, quite honestly, because uh, I mean, being an idiot and trying to use hundred times leverage to get those ten thousand percent returns, that's how you blow out your accounts and you get wrecked. So I don't know. Uh, ask ask Bagsy, bro. <laughs> but uh, also <laughs> also to play on what what Bagsy was saying about you know people uh, being uh, you know being afraid to to hold longer because of the bear market and miss out on pro- future profits. That's always I always keep a moon bag. That is at least twenty five percent of my original position. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so just making these numbers up. Say I had. A thousand Bitcoin, okay. And so, kind of following then, up on uh, what you just said I there, um, there, what does it feel trade, like to have a thousand uh, Bitcoin? Say maybe fifty to seventy-five percent of it at the most. Sleeping pretty at good. The very bare minimum, I would hold two hundred fifty in reserve and never touch them, at least in that direct moment in time. You know, while I'm 
trying to trade the the local time frames, I I would not touch that two hundred fifty that bag of two hundred fifty Bitcoin just in case you know it does decide to pull a five hundred percent candle later on or, or something like that. You know, you, I always keep a moon bag of whatever coin I have just in case it wants to to do something crazy stupid later on. So, Cal, following up on what you just said there, um, what does it feel like to have a thousand Bitcoin? <laughs> I don't have a thousand Bitcoin. Sleeping pretty good. <laughs> Freaking wish, man. It kind of leads me on to another point, um, just coming off what you said there, SoCal, is that, um, I mean, obviously the, peop- the average person who's trading this market is, is an inexperienced trader. I think the average Bitcoin wallet holding is like 0.02 Bitcoin. So it's not a lot of money. And I think a lot of these people are obviously, they're inexperienced traders and they're, and they're looking for those huge gains because they need that almost like, almost just startup capital to their trading account. And uh, I think that's where a lot of the sort of, the risk aversion comes from with people wanting to hold on for these thousand X's and, you know, they're not willing to take that sort of incremental smaller profits. They don't want to compound slowly over the course of a few years. They just want that, that flat out thousand X, whatever it may be. And and the thing I, I find quite funny on crypto Twitter is it's usually these kind of like no name people who are, who are out there sort of taking the piss out of maybe accounts that are trading you know, a hundred times their capital who, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there trading hundred K and you make 10%, then you're pretty, pretty sweet for a while there. And, you know, I think a lot of these people, obviously they're trading like $300 and, you know, if they've, if they've made a hundred percent money on their money, you know, still nothing to them, but, but there's certainly an, an immaturity to this market. Uh, exactly. And uh, to add on to that, like I said, uh, these, these quote unquote, small percentage wins, they add up quickly uh they they really do they compound very fast uh, and you know the it's hard uh, especially as a new trader with small account you know not wanting 10,000 100,000 million dollars right now but uh the the easiest the, the biggest piece of uh, advice i would have is stop looking at the dollar amount stop just totally just yeah. focus don't even look at your bitcoin amount really just focus on percentages getting positive percentages up on the board that's it that is the name of the game positive movement because that equals profit that equals more money and when you stop worrying about the dollar amount stop worrying about the bitcoin amount and you just look at the pure percentages just pure numbers then it becomes a lot easier and like I said, those uh, those those small interest wins, even on a, a say a hundred dollar account, they're going to compound extremely quickly. Uh, because you know, if you're taking plus ten percent today, plus five percent tomorrow, plus twelve percent next week, plus twenty five percent the week after, over time, you know, give it six months, and all of a sudden your account's worth ten thousand dollars that you started with a hundred bucks. And see how how well it corresponds with. The one of the most important factors to be a fucking successful trader, which I uh, personally consider to be the patience, right? And you like the whole problem with uh, you know with being irrational for uh, for the low portfolio low portfolio traders is that they want to get rich fast. Okay, they are pressed. They won't invest any any more. You know than. One uh, k, right? Because they are afraid to do so. But you know they they end up putting like. 
uh, I don't know, 200 bucks, right? Or 300 bucks. This small peanut is obviously like just a, like just to feed the whales, right? You you don't even, like any profit you get, you just simply get swallowed by the fees from the, for, for the commissions from the exchange. So we end up doing like uh, even, even less money on that. But all in all, these percentages add up perfectly what you said, right? And uh, as long as you keep adding up these percentages over the time, this is what is a guarantee for the for the getting like super, maybe not even rich because this is if you're a good trader you would just simply it comes sooner or later okay but uh, this is like the patience over adding up your portfolios even if they are not hundred x even if they are not two x even if they are twelve percent per average or ten percent per average you know real estate yearly income right yields or uh, or I don't know, stocks in general, ETFs, like see, see what ETFs offer, right? And like, this is, this is completely, you know, perfectly corresponding with what you said. Oh, yeah. And, and to, to add on what you're saying about fees, that's something new traders, all new traders love to market by. That is the worst thing you can do. A, because of slippage. Uh, and B, because you're going to pay more in fees. Uh, if you use post-only orders, you're going to pay about half as much in fees, and you're not going to have any slippage. So, uh, you know, uh, and then it goes into yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, unless unless you use our ref link, yeah, right? right? It gives you 10%. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'll put my ref link in the description. Hang on. Too late, bro. Too late. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, and then as you're saying, you know, uh, the whole thing about patience and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I was actually talking to somebody uh, earlier this morning about uh, patience and their 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 issue is they have uh, since they do this, you know, trading full time. Their biggest issue is they are 100 percent of the time always glued to their charts. Even when they're out of the house, they're on mobile on their charts and it's just kind of consuming them. I'm like, man, look, you just got to learn how to set your profits. I mean, set your stops and your take profits and trust them and just go do something else. Doesn't really fucking matter what else you go do, but get away from the chart. Go do something else. Go play video games. Go drive around. Go go do something else and just learn to be... Yeah, learn to trust your stops and take profits and, and stop trying to chase those thousand percents. Be happy with your, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent, whatever you set your take profit all, uh, as and it hits. Be happy with that. You know, uh, that's another thing, you know. Yeah, that, that hind hindsight trading will leads to revenge trading and it, it's bad. It will make you wreck yourself big time. So, you know, you just, just got to learn to trust your, your stops and take profits and just, you know, go do something else, distract yourself. Yeah. So what I always repeat to, to, to my friends, to my guys is like, can you imagine Warren Buffett sitting in the, in the basement trading one minute charts on the hundred leverage? Can you imagine that? Obviously not. And the success comes like the real damn wealth comes from uh, from having the actual strategy which is obvious right which is meeting your meeting your personal goals that goes without saying but this comes over the time which is the patience right and i i believe i, I believe i've already mentioned that like on on, on another podcast but uh warren, what warren buffett does with regard to picking his uh i don't know maybe his trade trainees or uh, or uh, or the stocks he invests in I don't know, he's just doing some kind of like an interview uh, using this marshmallow test, 
but not this marshmallow test, like from the management field, but the marshmallow test with regard to who is able to accept double the reward, uh, like after some period of time, right? So the question is whether you prefer to have one marshmallow right now or two marshmallows, like in, in an hour or so, right? And he would invest money. He would invest and trust only these guys, only those guys who would pick the two, two marshmallows after some time, right? Because this, this ability to delay your reward, this, this ability to be patient for, for the greater reward, just see how it sounds. Like this is this is what we are talking about, right? Uh, oh, this is this is the game that patience. Uh, this is, is pretty much like supporting pretty well. And uh, on another note, like strictly from the economic point of view, like there is an opportunity cost. Watching your charts, being glued to your charts, watching one minute charts is purely unproductive. Okay, it's purely unproductive. You just waste up time, and time is money because all the than watching charts, you could spend that time, for example, learning on how to get fucking rich, right? Instead of just watching senseless, pointless, one-minute charts, right? So this is the opportunity cost. So you're not only losing time, but you're actually just losing money on losing time again. So it's like a double loss in this case, right? And and on top of that, you end up losing money anyway if you're playing one-minute chart for a long time, right? <laughs> so it's like an even triple loss on that. And then your relationships could begin to suffer and then yada, yada, yada. So I'm trying to find balance in my life as well. Um, so I'm spending less time on the charts. And I think Cold Blood Schiller made a good thread about that today. Um, so yeah, all that to say, guys, try and uh, spend less time, be more efficient with it, and uh, keep your friends and family, keep keep you know, keep know contact with them. In, in my relationship, I'm spending too much time on a chart. And like, you know, <laughs> no, but it's, it's actually a discussion that I've been having with her. So I'm trying to get better in that aspect myself so it's a really good point you guys bring up right on guys uh you've been very generous with your time and i want to continue to respect that as we wrap up um open-ended question here and we'll start with uh bagsy then socal then then burb and and uh end with sponge but um uh you have choices between two questions so uh one any kind of uh, you know, open-ended musings or anything you'd like to share with our listeners about um, the market as we as we close up this episode? Or two, uh, is there any specific sector of the market uh, or altcoin projects specifically or, or short list of, of projects that you're looking at for, for big growth in 2020? Uh, Bagsy, let's start with you on this. Sure, I guess I'll go with the latter. Um, I keep it simple. Look at Ethereum. Just pop it up on the weekly. Take a look at the volume, and yeah. Uh, but all that to say, you know, not financial advice, but try and be smart with your money, and that can mean many things to many different people. But generally speaking, uh, I'd advocate for holding at least fifty percent in Bitcoin, and this is only in cryptocurrency. Like every person will have their own. Uh, how should I say, investments. Some people might be 90% in stocks, 10 in crypto. Some people might be 100% in crypto. It really varies from person to person, but I'd say that what helped me last the longest is having a, a strong foundation in Bitcoin and my trading really got a lot better from there um, instead of just you know being exposed, overexposed to a similar asset class, like a bunch of altcoins that are all going to dump because Bitcoin pumps 20%. So yeah, all that to say, take a look at Ethereum. Uh, the first mover's advantage is super important. Don't ignore it. 
Uh, Ethereum is not going anywhere anytime soon. And I'm not an Ethereum advocate. I'm a trader. I couldn't give less of a shit for any platform. But I would stick with, uh, with the top ones. But then the drawback is that you might not make as huge a multiplier. You know, you could find a $5 million market cap that goes 100x much easier than Ethereum would ever go 100x. So it, then again, it comes down to, to what's your risk profile, how old you are, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right on. Well said, Bagsy. And what about you, SoCal? What are you looking at? One of my biggest problems I had when I first got into crypto was uh, getting married to my bags. <laughs> uh, but I've gotten much better at that. So uh, now I just try to try to trade what moves. Uh, there are a couple of things that I don't mind uh, bagging uh, longer term. Uh, if anybody... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, if anybody follows me on Twitter, you know, Tezzy's is one of them. Uh, so gotta gotta show that Tezos. I hope you're proud of me, Jeebus. Anyway, uh, you know, that's uh, so. There's there's a couple coins that, uh, like I said, they seem to be pretty solid projects that I don't mind holding for uh, some spot positions. Obviously, not leveraged futures because the holding leveraged futures for long periods of time is stupid when you consider the funding rate, but that's a whole nother conversation. So anyway, uh, moving on to, uh, like I said, what I'm looking at, uh, Tezzy's is one of them. Uh, uh, there's a couple others. Uh, I, I hate it because everybody's already talking about them. So it's kind of like, it sounds like I'm just regurgitating CT, but it's like, I actually made my moves long before anybody on CT was babbling about these coins, but all right. Uh, Algo is another one. Uh, I'm holding a spot position on uh, Beam. Uh, there's another one uh, that I'm actually, uh, as the uh, mining market is uh, more favorable, that's actually one of my quote-unquote spec mining plays, so to speak. I can obviously mine it profitably now, but uh, like I said, whatever I mine of Beam, I'm, I'm just holding uh, for later on. See what happens. Because uh, I think that uh, it could go much higher than what it is right now. But that's just my personal opinion. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at. But uh, basically, as, as Bagsy said, uh, not getting really super married to any bags or anything. Just going to try and trade whatever moves, you know? Of course, and w well put. Uh, what about you, Adrian, on the same topic? I think optimizing like risk-wise and, and return-wise, your like on average, average portfolio... It should always compound and include like different classes of assets with regard to the risk profile that they offer, right? So, I I am personally type of trader that, um, like first of all, I I do trade mid time frame swings. Okay, I, I call it like a hybrid because I you know I'm I participate actively in the in the long term run obviously, uh, while at the same time taking profits on the on the major swings on the secondary trends, right? Uh, I, I I think this is this is simply like the safest. Like I think that taking profit, um, pretty much like frequent more frequently than not, is what keeps uh, the security, let's say, of your profits in a way. Uh, if you if if you stick around, you know, to potential high risk, high reward, you know, gems or picks, right, for for too long. It may happen that they pull up some exits come, for example, right? You can never exclude that unless they are fully registered as securities on the SEC, like, or, or even not that. You cannot really rely on them 100%. Uh, 
So I, I personally prefer to keep it safe, more safe than not. So I decide to participate on the taking profit on the major swings on mid time frame. Yeah, so about for, from for, for one month to three months, let's say. But at the same time, as I said, I, my portfolio includes uh, all classes of, of assets with regard to their risk profile. So I do own some high, high risk, you know, um, pieces, right? Medium risk and, and low risk. I, I do I do compound you know different classes of assets with regard to Ethereum for example right, Ethereum or Ripple or Litecoin like all of them are good buys in my honest opinion for major runs um, for for the correction that is just going on, and I will make my sure to to go and re-enter these uh, on the next on the next um, days pretty much, uh, but on top of that I would go and look for for one two picks or even three picks. We just need to remember not to over diversify that. Now, from the medium, let's say, cap list, okay, medium, medium market cap list. Uh, and, and I would definitely like to see uh, in my portfolio also coins like Algo, which is fine too, uh, Atom, right? Some very liquid assets from, from Binance, okay? I hate illiquidity. I would not put big money if I, if, if the asset is not liquid. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe putting a lot of money in low sats either for simply being barely available to and barely possible to uh, to manage your risk on that. If the slippage is built in, right? If you trade shit that just trades on free sats, you, you have like a stop loss for 50% loss already, uh, if, if at all. So, um, and on top of that, to just sprinkle, you know, to just sprinkle with these magical stars, magical gems, your portfolio, I choose to pick uh, like a couple of gems uh, that we uh, that we simply like do review in the bulletins monthly, right? And uh, that's that's another story. So coins like, you know, uh, Morpheus Labs, MITX, right? Or Beam, already mentioned, or Dero, or Nizo or Veracity, very freshly reviewed pick, right? All of these, I think, um, may nicely um, may nicely push your portfolio to some greater limits, okay? Over, like, as long as they don't <laughs> expose any, any exit scam, uh, which, which we obviously hope won't, won't happen. Um, so all in all, these, this is, this is my, my point on that. Right on. And, and Sponge, did you want to lead us out with anything? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, my, my strategy is, is sort of rather long term. I'm primarily, if, if, you know, for those of you that know me, I'm primarily a uh, momentum trader and, and I automate a lot of, well, 90% of my trading is automated. Um, I trade a lot of moving averages, things like that. But uh, most of my long term success in this market, at least, is, is, is really tied to Bitcoin. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist or anything like that, but I'm, I'm in it for the long term with that. And uh, I have a strategy that's slowly, slowly sort of accumulating me more Bitcoin. Um, but that's an automated thing. So, you know, that might not be for everyone as such. But when, when we're talking in regards to altcoins, there's only, in my opinion, at least, there's only really three things you need to know. You need to know the trend. You need to know when it's breaking out and you need to buy at the right time. Um, Obviously, trend is up or down. It's not sideways. Sideways isn't a trend. Um, but sideways is probably one of the greatest things you can look for as an altcoin trader, in my opinion. Like, you know, pull up a daily chart. You see see coins going sideways for a long time. Then it's, you know, a lo lot of the time after a downtrend, it's going to be an accumulation. So what I'd look for personally would be a breakout of that trend. And obviously, I'm a moving average trader. So I, I, use, I use the 50 and 100 MA um, on the daily there. And... 
you know, quite simply just look for that breakout and then wait. Don't don't buy that breakout initially straight away. Wait for a pullback. Um, ordinarily, in in my old coin trading, I'd, I'd wait for a pullback to the 50 MA and then I'd just buy that. And sort of touching on something that SoCal mentioned earlier about, you know, looking at these these thousand Xs and, and really just taking like realistic profits. Most of my trades um, just have a preset profit taking strategy. I, I set profits at certain percentages and they either get hit or they don't you know I've got my stop loss in place the risk management is there um, I'm always preaching the same thing to people who ask me is that you know say say you've got a thousand dollar account and you're, you're looking to trade altcoins well find a strategy but manage that risk you know if you want to you want to be exposed to a few altcoins and you've got a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars then you know based on a thousand dollar account put two hundred and fifty dollars into a trade 5% stop loss, you're risking 1.25% of your account. So, you know, it's easily easy to break down and split into four coins and and you can just ride that trend and and take, you know, real, realistically modest profits. My maximum profit on an altcoin trade, at least on my four hour, would be 20%. And you can find that exact same setup 100 times in a month. Um, so really just, you know, for me at least, don't don't chase those those huge gains, just take modest profits and compound that stuff. Right on. Well, I'm sure that our listeners will agree that there is plenty of value to sift through in this podcast. And I want to thank each and every one of our guests and my co-host Sponge for uh, for being here with us today. Uh, Bagsy, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate the, the conversation. So, Cal, same goes for you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And Adrian. Thank you for being here, brother. Yo, thank you, old guys. It was a pleasure. Bunch. Yeah, thank you so much, brother. And uh, listeners, we will see you in the next one. Thanks so much, guys. Just as a previous two episodes, guys, um, if you remember clearly, I promised to randomly choose the winners for the last of our giveaways focused around our recent 50% discounts and promotions on Twitter for, for every the Burbness subscription, exclusive sub subscription program. This giveaway regarded the 10K celebration for the Discord and the members. For now, at this very moment, I believe we're having like almost probably somewhere around like 12K. So we're growing fast in this. And I'm definitely, definitely willing to choose one random pick, one random person winner, lucky winner to go and receive the Free Slick branded hoodie. Okay, and uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this, and uh, let's see who this is right now. Let's put the link. Let's mark that we are not a fucking robot again, and that <laughs> we are a cab taxi cab drivers. Okay, there you go, and pick a winner. Do do do. Hey yo, it's a Polish guy. It's a Polish guy. It's my blood mate. And uh, Pavel Kaczorowski, I'm very happy to announce that you are the very lucky winner for a free damn hoodie, bro. And uh, it would be such a pleasure to talk to you in Polish. And uh, yeah, all the best. Gratulacje, Mortka, najlepszego. Just to confirm. And it's all legit. It's all legit. Cool. Yeah, congrats and enjoy. And let's get in touch. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. We invite you to connect with our guest on Twitter, where the official team handle is at The Burb Nest, where SoCal can be reached at SoCal underscore crypto. 
Burb is at Crypto Burb. Sponge is at SpongeCoinBob. And I'm at BenjaminT1717. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us by visiting theburbnest.com discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestshow at theburbnest.com. After much demand, we are excited to finally introduce a host of delicious merch. Starting with my favorite, an assortment of comfortable hoodies. You can now sport your Burbnest pride in style with our branded goodies. Be sure to visit theburbnest.com slash merch for more info. And don't forget to check out at CryptoBurb on Twitter for ongoing merch giveaways and more ways to participate with our community. This podcast has been brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on. Thank you.